everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited today to be here to be talking about more of this last weekend's Christmas movies that aired on the 27th on Hallmark Channel. <laughs> so that was on Saturday. And, uh, we are, they were some pretty fun movies and there were three movies that we're going to talk about. It's uh, Making Spirits Bright, Time for Them to Come Home for Christmas, and <laughs> Christmas at Castle Heart, and I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Me Too is here. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, and I know you've been on a couple times, but just so people, if this is their first time uh, listening to you, why don't you introduce yourself? For sure. So I co-host a podcast called The Pilot Podcast, where one of my closest friends, BJ, and I review the pilot episodes of TV shows to answer your question, should I watch this? because there's tons and tons of content. So why don't we save you hours by taking those hours ourselves to watch these shows and give you short, informative, sometimes funny reviews about these shows to let you know if they're worth your time. And we uh, are very honest with our reviews and how you can watch the shows. Sometimes we'll recommend shows as good enough to watch them their own. Sometimes they might be better for when you're cooking or you're a little bit distracted. And sometimes you can skip them all together. (laughs) Yeah. And I appreciate that you, you cover a wide variety. There's nothing that's off limits. You cover everything from anime shows to, uh, to, you know, streaming Marvel shows to, to everything. And I appreciate that. Oh, for sure. BJ and mm-hmm. I have such varied interests, despite the yeah. fact that we're very close, we don't like the same things. And so <laughs> I will watch scary things and anime things and all of this. Uh, and he loves it. And then he will have to watch sitcoms, uh, which I love, and he's not always a fan of, but I feel like it makes it for a stronger review because if there is a comedy show, for example, that BJ ends up liking, then it's probably really, really good because he's just not into those. So they break through the mold for him. I'm a sitcom fan, uh, as as you know, and the reason why I found you guys was actually when we were covering uh, the nanny for the Frank cast. And I, and you had done a episode where you were doing some uh, nostalgic reviews of uh, older shows and you talked about the nanny. And so I, I said, ah, oh, <laughs> <can't have> <laughs> and that For was so sure. much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one where we got to connect on the fact that um, we are both members of Home Archive. We love yes. these Christmas movies and we love really what Hallmark has to offer. Yeah. And have you been able to see uh, any of the movies this uh, season? Do you feel like they've had a pretty strong season? I've really enjoyed them so far. Mm -hmm. I am not an expert like you in that I mix up Hallmark and Lifetime. So there are some I love. And I think, I don't know if this is the strength of Hallmark's brand, but I tend to call them all Hallmark Christmas movies. So I can tell you some of the winter holiday movies I've really enjoyed. Yeah, please. I really liked Christmas CEO. I think that was a Hallmark one. Oh, interesting. You like that one, huh? Oh no, you didn't. I didn't like it. No. <laughs> I just thought it was, I thought it was okay. Let me back up. Sometimes I like them because they are so, so good. And sometimes I like them because they are so absurd and they make me mm-hmm. laugh and, um, listening to yeah. adults talk about toys in such a serious way. And then having her give up this CEO position, I'm sorry to spoil. Well, no, that's just what annoyed me was that I felt like 
she should shouldn't have to give up the CEO job. It's so they're so rare when women are you know CEOs of, of companies like that. And I'm like, and I just that annoyed me. And the fact that that uh, he kept kind of shaming her for like wanting to sell products that actually like were profitable. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's all about mad. money. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we sell toys. And so for that reason, I wasn't annoyed, but rather, and maybe it's because I watched it when I was home with my parents for yeah. Thanksgiving, but I, my mom and I would just laughed the entire time. Yeah. So that's why it sticks out as a high point for me. I, I guess for that. one that I thought was like good, good is I really enjoyed next stop Christmas because you just yeah, can't beat Christopher so Lloyd and Leah Thompson in a time travel movie. Yeah. And did you know that the lead in that Lindsay Fornesca, I think is her name. Uh, that she was the one of, she was the daughter in how I met your mother. No, that's so cool. Yeah. They, they, you know, they show at the beginning, like I'm telling the story too. I didn't realize that until someone told me. like, oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really liked that one as well. I really enjoyed one called the Christmas promise. If you haven't seen that one, I highly recommend it. I thought it was very I haven't good. seen that one yet. Mm -hmm. And I really liked one. Uh, with James Denton called uh, uh, the um, uh, Kiss Before Christmas. James Denton and Terry Hatcher from oh, Desperate yeah, Housewives. Oh, yeah, the one reu reuniting them and he wakes up as like a CEO yeah. instead of being, yeah, that's on my DVR. That's on my oh, list. Oh, it's so good. You're going to, I hope you love it. I loved it. <laughs> I'm sure I will. That's so cool that they reunited yeah. them. That's the other cool part about these movies is that they'll bring together these nostalgic figures and mm -hmm. it just, whether or not you enjoy the movie, and often I do, you just get excited to see these people sharing a screen. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, there's some that really try to do different things and I appreciate that, but we're going to talk about one today. That's just like a classic. And I appreciate that too. <laughs> like this, this is For a Hallmark sure. movie. <laughs> <And> <laughs> And that's always really fun too. And, but I have to say Lifetime, not to get into off network, but Lifetime has had kind of a weak season, I think. And I liked the Reba movie fine. I uh, I liked the Smokey Robinson movie fine. Uh, but um, they haven't had one that I've loved yet on Lifetime, which is surprising because last year they had a lot that were good. So I, I don't know what's going saving. on there. I am saving, I think it's called a motors oh, miracle in motor city and merry little Christmas baby for this weekend. And I feel like those two are probably going to be really, really good. And I believe they're both lifetime. Yeah, they were, they were fun. That's the Smokey Robinson one, the miracle on mm -hmm. motor city. That was, uh, but I don't know. I just, they haven't had one that I loved yet. Uh, and oh. last year they had several that I really loved. So hopefully we'll get there. We'll get there with them. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so yes, uh, let's dive into the Saturday movies <laughs> and let's talk first about Making Spirits Bright. And this uh, is stars Taylor Cole and Carlo Marx. And it's Grace and Tony are from two separate families who are in the business of decorating homes for Christmas. Unfortunately, they have also been in, in a feud for as long as anyone can remember but this holiday season, they must try to find a way to get everyone to work together in order to win a town competition that could save their livelihoods. So overall, what did you think about this one? 
I liked it, but I think for somewhat similar reasons to Christmas CEO, where I think I was laughing both with the movie and at the absurdity of it, but that's the magic of Hallmark. I also would love to discuss with you Tony as a love interest, because it felt like there were so many red flags and I found myself thinking, Grace, go in the other direction. You have so much more potential than this. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I, I, this is the one that I think is just a classic. Like it, this is not trying anything new or, you know, fresh. This is, uh, this is a kind of just, this is a movie that you could have seen from Hallmark in 2015, 2016. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, just sort of repeating those, uh, those classic elements, you know, you've got, so you're Romeo and Juliet of the mm-hmm. light, light, lighting yes. world. <laughs> Um, and I, I guess I didn't, I wasn't as bothered by Tony as I might be should have, because I did think that they had really nice chemistry between the two of them. And I think that Carla Marx is extremely handsome. So that goes a long way. Okay. I thought he was dangerously handsome for a number of reasons. I'm so glad that you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway, please. One, we encounter Tony having trouble driving on ice and snow, but sir, if you are from this town and an adult functioning in this town, I do not know why you can't handle these roads. Grace helped him and she called on her Girl Scout past. Then he said that he was, um, he failed really badly at his job and had to move back home, but didn't want to join the family business and just felt like we need Tony to figure himself out. uh, And he needs to do that before getting with Grace. That's what I would tell a friend in the world of Hallmark. Of course, there is a happily ever after, but if a friend told me about Tony, I would say, give him a little bit to figure himself out first. And then I thought that when he did present his MBA advice, it was so straightforward um, to the Ryan family, I should say that I was thinking like, actually all of these patriarchs could just be a lot better because when Bill Ryan was, when Bill Ryan, is that the father's name? I'm trying to remember. I I, I don't remember his name of the father, but just the the father, the Ryan father. (laughs) When Grace's dad- Taylor Cole's father. (laughs) Yes. When Grace's dad learned that he could save a ton of money if he bought the building. It just felt like no one walked you through this prior to this moment, or you never thought to yourself, wow, this rent is exorbitant. I live in a tiny town that for some reason is filled with rich people who can afford Christmas decorators. Perhaps I could instead buy the building. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. And I mean, really what, uh, what does, uh, I, I think that, that Tony, <laughs> that Tony doesn't have much in the, to put on his, his, uh, like match.com profile. He's got, <laughs> <laughs> sure. He has, he's a, so what, he's like a failed hockey player. Oh yes. That was the first part. Yeah. And then he, uh, he has an MBA, which they, as someone who also has an MBA, it's really congratulations. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how much, how much leverage that really gives you in the world, but uh, nevertheless, and he's, he's been fired from his job and they did drink more in this movie than the typical Hallmark movie. She was like drinking Manhattans and he's like, (laughs) that surprised me too. And I couldn't tell when they were having fun in that first drinking scene, 
at the bar, I couldn't tell if she was being effervescent and sort of bubbly with him, or if they were playing it as though she had gotten a little bit of a buzz from the cocktails. So I I was surprised by that and seeing that on an, an otherwise very traditional movie. The moment that I really loved between them though, was, or I guess one of my favorite moments, I should say, because I do think throughout they had fantastic chemistry was when they went door to door singing. I found myself just grinning, watching that. It was just so funny and having them sing in Italian. And it really felt like very impromptu. It felt like not a soul in this cast practiced the singing together. And in that moment was the first time that they were singing together and this is not making fun of it in any way. Like that was so authentically awkward yeah. and funny. Yeah. I always like it when they do caroling in these movies. I don't know. I just think it's fun. Maybe it's, I just wish I got, had carolers come to my house. I don't know, but I always yeah, enjoy never that. I've seen a caroler in the wild. <laughs> Anybody lives near? <laughs> Please go carol. I, I, my door. I very rarely. I've, I've had it happen. I, a couple of times, I feel like I've had it happen, but, um, but yeah, very, very rare, but I live in a gated community. So it's not exactly, you know, an easy place, I guess, for people to access. You've Uh, had carolers come to your door before. I have. Yeah. At least I I can think of a couple of times and I've been caroling with my family before. And you've gone to people's doors. Like Mm -hmm. you go to people's homes. Yeah. Yeah. Knock, knock. And when I was, when I was on my mission, of course, uh, for my church, I did, we did that quite a bit because, you know, we go door to door anyway, so might as well. Mm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah. Um, what did you think of, uh, the two sisters, Sarah and Grace? And they're like, they're going to be on this TV shit. They're trying to do this TV show. And they had like some kind of animosity towards each other a little bit. I thought that I initially was confused about Sarah being a friend versus a business partner versus a boss. I actually thought that the movie was going to be set up and all, and also a classic Christmas movie set up where, you know, Grace is this uber creative person and her boss is stifling her by ignoring her ideas or forcing them to do something the way it's always been done versus trying something new or you know, pushing the envelope a bit. That's what I thought their dynamic was. And it really took me a beat to understand that they both were friends who grew up together or went to school together is oh, yeah. how they sisters. said they met. I mean, right, it is I was a confused. sisterhood yeah. in, in, in interior <laughs> design and staging. <laughs> My notes. <laughs> yeah. Now, and that was an interesting dynamic and in that, you know, she kind of felt like she was just sort of Sarah's sidekick you know, and they have that whole sort of conversation and, uh, which, you know, was, was interesting. And, uh, and then the, the thing that I thought the person that I think got the major shaft in this movie is poor Wade with his great glowscapes. I mean, his designs were legitimately better than anything that anybody else did. And yet he didn't win any of the competitions. <laughs> like, like he's supposed to be a villain just because he's not part of our main, our main cast. But if you really think about it, he, he did way better than anybody else in these <laughs> designs and he, he got nothing. <laughs> and they borrowed from his style to ultimately win. <laughs> right. <laughs> they bit off Wade's moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
though, I think uh, there was very, and th- those people who they did the competition on, uh, the, the lighting, they got a good gig. They got like, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of lighting for their houses and, uh, <laughs> for free, I guess. I don't know. I was like, I, I want to be in that competition. Nice. Someone can do it on mine. <laughs> Though some people were much luckier than others, because I don't know if they just weren't expecting to show every house in the final cut or what happened, but there were a couple that were beautifully decorated and there was one or two houses that had, I feel like as many lights as I do fingers and toes, like it was like maybe 20 lights across the top and that was it. And so I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be filler background versus what we're supposed to be focusing on, but that that was kind of funny to see. Otherwise the decorations are really beautiful. Yeah. It was such a high stakes competition though. Oh, I just bought my table. It was such a high stakes competition though, with a contract with the city valued at $25,000 and then an additional $50,000 gift. And yet these families, the Ryan and the Sato family waited till the last possible moment to test everything, to make it, make sure everything looked okay. Right. And I just kept thinking like, if this were me and my parents, we would have looked like, you didn't remember those old like Duracell commercials, the Energizer bunnies, or I might be mixing up yeah. brands. Right. But that's genuinely what my parents and I would have looked like. We would, you would <laughs> never see us stopping movement. It was, ju- it would just be a blur. It would be a blur in front of this house for all 72 hours. And then we'd press the button and do our damnedest to win um, yeah. $75,000 essentially. Of course, in real life, the, the contest would have to be in November in order yes. for like, why would you have a, a lighting contest that ends <laughs> on, I mean, it's the same thing in the next one where they have the Christmas tree, they have the Christmas tree lighting on Christmas Eve, yes. which you would never do because then you're, then you don't get to enjoy it the whole season long, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, well, that's always happens in these. I mean, it is kind of funny that you would have this light fight between this. I mean, that this got real bitter between these families. Okay. I wrote down in my notes, everyone in this town at any point is ready to fight, physically (laughs) fight. I was so surprised. The trash talking between the fathers already shocked me because it was testier words than I imagine would run in one of these movies. And it made me laugh for sure. But I was like, oh man, they're really like coming for each other. And then people in the town were trash talking too. And I was like, what kind of West side story, like jets, like movie is happening <laughs> here. The jets. Like, yeah. What is this <laughs> that everyone has? It's Christmas lights y'all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should be able to just enjoy Christmas lights, but you know, they, it's like, uh, it's, it's almost as if you had Christmas vacation, but there was another yeah. <laughs> competing, <laughs> competing, uh, neighbor to the Griswolds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then poor Wade. <laughs> I know you out. heard it here, folks. First, you, yeah. you heard it here first, folks, justice for Wade. Yeah. We're team Wade. There was a, a mid movie lights display that where they pulled up in front of a Wade's designs creation. And I was really, really impressed. It was yeah, so cool. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and it's, that's always funny in these movies when 
the kind of the bad man of business has done like nothing wrong. Like, yeah, <laughs> yet we're supposed to hate him because it's not our leading man, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, so they have some like fun banter between them, between Tony and Grace and, uh, and then uh, his dad, Tony's dad falls off a ladder and uh, so then they have to kind of they have to uh bond together they have to all work together to make uh to make it work for now that the dad is is injured and uh, so it all ends with um uh with them winning uh the um uh with them winning the the light fight i guess you would call it yes. <laughs> and then we get an epilogue well you get a kiss and then we get an epilogue and now the, the parents are working together and Grace has her new show. So it's pretty, everything worked out in the end, I guess. Yes, everything worked out though. I was also a little bit confused about the storyline with the show because what Sarah pitched was a very straightforward HGTV show concept. So I thought it was confusing to have that conflict between her and Grace and Grace going, we didn't decide on show concepts. And Sarah's show concept was we talk to the people, we stage their home. Then we show the home being sold. True. And then yeah. that's what we saw on the little preview in the epilogue. Though I do love when Hallmark gives us an epilogue because it's just cute to see an, an even happier ending to the happy ending. Like just an, another button to let you know everyone is yeah. good and it's all worked out perfectly because it's it's genuinely soothing to see these stories through the the stuff at the beginning where she's all wanting people to like care so much about a bookshelf or whatever and <laughs> she's like it's so and so furniture designer or whatever and I'm like nobody's gonna care about that on HGTV and then she got so offended that's that Sarah was like no nobody cares about that <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, true. That's about very that. true. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? Who even knows what furniture designers like? Oh, you can't at least, I don't know. Maybe some, evidently somebody does. They wrote it into this movie, but um, most people, they just want it to look nice. They don't care that it's like <laughs> so fancy. Yeah. Um, she's like I, the I Tiffany the target of, audience. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I can't imagine on HGTV and maybe if there was like, um, uh, like they have, um, I won the lottery, maybe like one of those shows on HGTV, mm -hmm. but they don't care what fancy designer armoire <laughs> <laughs> is, but anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought this was like a base hit. This is just like a classic Hallmark movie. It's, uh, it's not one I'm going to remember, but I just enjoyed sometimes I just like those movies and uh so just those simple basic hallmark movies <laughs> like, i agree uh, it landed for me it mm -hmm. got the job done this is exactly what i'm looking for when i just want a smile and i'm curling up on my couch with a cup of tea and i yeah. just want to take in you know a nice mm -hmm. fun hallmark movie yeah it was funny oh, i was recording last week with my friend Jonathan North and I've gotten him to watch a ton of these movies. And he was saying about candy coated Christmas, which 
I wasn't the best, but she, he was like, I was in such a good mood and I just felt happy. And I'm like, you get it now. I've converted you officially. Uh, That's what it is. (laughs) Truly. Yes. So how many crowns out of five would you give making spirits bright? Oh, okay. It was a very base hitter, as you said, or, or please excuse me, baseball hive. I am unfamiliar with your terms, but this one, <laughs> it's not a home run, but it's going to get on a base. Um, and you that's a good that. thing as I understand it. Yes. And so, <laughs> but I would say for like a standard Hallmark movie, it's a really good entry into that. Yeah. So I would give it like a 3.5 or even a four. Yeah. Cause it just was a really good one of the classic, classic Hallmark movie structure. Yeah. And I, I would give, I mean, I mean, I would give Wade like a, a five. He was incredible. <laughs> he did a great job, yes. but I would give this movie. A, yeah. Like a 3.25. I think I would give it or 3.5 you know, around there. I agree. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Cozy up with A Very Bavarian Christmas, a delightful Christmas novel by Katie M. Reed. Holly Noel Brigham is trapped back in her hometown personalizing ornaments at the mile-long Christmas store, and she doesn't even like Christmas. As Holly works through fractured relationships and embarrassing misunderstandings, she stumbles upon love in the Bavarian-themed town from which she tried to distance herself. Best-selling author Crystal Payne says this about a very Bavarian Christmas. If you're looking for a holiday-themed read that will warm your heart, but also make you think this is the perfect pick, the storyline and characters draw you in from the get-go, and you'll find yourself relating to their struggles and cheering for their victories. Available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Pick up A Very Bavarian Christmas for yourself and the Hallmark fans on your list at averybavarianchristmas.com. That's a very Bavarian Christmas.com. Right. Well, let's talk about uh, time for them to come home for Christmas. Uh, have you been aware of this series of these movies that we've had time for me, time for you, time for us, and now time for them? Um, I honestly <laughs> did not even connect that all. I just thought it was um, a coincidence. <laughs> so that's the level yeah. of intellect i'm bringing this review (laughs) well they don't have very much in common they're like the only main thing in common that they all have is they all have a like a road trip element that's the coming home you know kind of thing um and they had like a little easter egg in this one with um allison sweeney who was in the um time for us to go for christmas (laughs) (laughs) i'm like they're gonna run out of pronouns really soon (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. Cause I was wondering why Alice and Sweeney would be in such a small part of it. Yeah. And I was like, I bet this means something to somebody. I'm just, <laughs> it's just nice to see her in this movie and the dog is really cute. Yeah. Is what was my takeaway. Right. And, and it, it all started, this madness started because of time for me, I think time for mm-hmm. me to come home for Christmas, I think was the first one. And that is a Blake Shelton song the time for me to come up for Christmas. And so now he has executive produced all four movies and I would love to know how much he does. I mean, I bet you, I would be surprised if he even sees the dailies. I bet he's just like, (laughs) okay, there you go. Put my name on it. (laughs) 
Whose song uh, is it that they kept playing? Is that I'm not familiar with country music. I'm not very familiar with country music. Is that a song from a group or person that Blake Shelton is connected to? Um, you know, I'm not positive. Um, they had a a uh, they had a band there at the um, and I'm sure somebody that is up on their country music would know who that band was at the um carnival or whatever yeah, they, they kept playing that one song mm-hmm. over and over again they did play the the blake shelton song in the movie um and t- i think toward towards the end and then yeah there was that other song i uh, if anybody knows if you put in the comment section what uh, there was a band there and obviously like i'm not we're not experts on country music very sorry about but, that yeah <laughs> So, um, so anyway, uh, this movie, the synopsis is during the holidays, a woman with amnesia catches a ride with her handsome nurse to investigate the only clue to her identity, a newspaper clipping for a Christmas festival with a cryptic invitation. And this stars Jesse Schramm and Brendan Penny. And I have to say, going into this, I was very skeptical because I haven't been like the biggest fan of the series so far. Like they, they just been kind of bland to me, these movies, they haven't been my favorite. And, uh, also I'm not the biggest Brendan Penny fan. <laughs> uh, oh. I do like dash of love, but a lot of his movies and on Chesapeake shores, he can be a little smug to me uh, in his performance and just, I don't know, just not my favorite. Um, so I went into it uh, a little bit skeptical. I do love Jessie. She's one of my favorites. She's been on the um, podcast many times and we love her. So that was, I was excited about that, but I, I might've given it a call in the preview. I was not very lucky. I was pretty skeptical about it. So I actually ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. And I thought that it was actually pretty sweet and well done. And, uh, and I, I thought that Brendan did a good job actually. And it was one of the better roles I think that he's ever done. Um, and uh, so overall I enjoyed it. What did you think? I loved it. I actually thought that I was actually very interested in watching this movie and it's because I love this genre of Christmas movies of Hallmark movies where if edited even a little bit differently, we are building toward a horror movie. Like this is a scary movie wrapped in red and green in that she has no idea who she is. She has no idea what happened, why she is where she is. And all she has is this note. And it feels like this could end in tragedy and very, very scary things or buy a Christmas tree, kissing a man that you will now love for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so it's and I also, was really, yes. like when we'll talk about it more, but when her sister goes up to her and is like, how dare you are here? I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was, I thought that was going to be juicy. And the flashback where she's talking to her sister's husband and she has that flashback of memory of him saying, please don't do this. That was so juicy. And I thought we were setting up for something. And then I was like, no, it's Hallmark. Like, yeah, that's the same thing that I was like, is, is she like cheating on it on with yeah. this guy? Like, that's what I thought. And I'm like, no way they would never do that in a million years in Hallmark. But 
if it hadn't been Hallmark, if I was watching Lifetime channel, then I probably would have gone there because it did feel that way. And she was so like mad. And I feel like what she did with basically like getting a job and not working, like was not like, like, get, like quitting her job and not working is not something that deserves that kind of anger. Like, I don't understand what she was like, how dare you come here? Like what? Yeah. I, I didn't grow up with, with sisters. So I don't know. I don't know how y'all folks with sisters operate, but I come from a very close family. So it made me laugh. The notion that that fight could lead to a full year because I think it was so absurd to me that it really took me until the final chunk of the movie to realize that they really had not seen each other since the prior Christmas, all because Rebecca was like, I'm going to freelance. And then her sister lost her mind at that. Yeah. I mean, I have three sisters and. (laughs) Oh yes, please let me know which ones you haven't spoken to in a year because they chose to freelance. I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, granted my sisters, two of them were living in England for a long time. So I had a harder time, you know, like communicating and chatting with them, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I, whatever they do for their career, like as long as they're not asking me for money, like, I don't yeah. understand, like, I mean, and if they needed money, I mean, we probably could work something out, but like, as, as long as it, it has no impact on her, like, I just don't understand. Like, yes, I get it. You're like caring about your sibling, but being actively angry about it makes no sense. I mean, I, I can't imagine being like to one of my sisters being like, well, you're, uh, you're not doing the career that I feel you should be doing. So I'm not going to speak to you ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what made me laugh is that, then, <laughs> I mean, again, this movie was very beautiful. So I, I do, I'm not here to exclusively make fun of it. I really enjoyed it. But another with the sister and her family, the other thing that made me laugh and made me think like with a, a, a touch of editing in the other direction, it is now a scary movie is the fact that she was prepared to just raise a child. She was like, all right, I guess I'm a mom because of that sweater that was in her suitcase. And she was going to, she would have married or thought that she was married to this man and she would have raised that kid. Yeah. Yes. The other thing too, that was just like interesting about this, uh, movie was that, um, that, and she, uh, she would have an astronomical hospital bill, <laughs> like yes. staying at that hospital. I thought that after like one day she would, uh, she would like go over to his house or something like that. And uh, and that would, cause, cause that's what they did in Christmas to remember. Do you ever see that one with Mary Servino and Cameron Matheson? Yes. Yes. It's kind of a similar story mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he ends up going to his house and I thought that's what they were going to do. And then she's just there for like wandering the hospital for like a whole, <laughs> like over a week. That would be thousands and thousands of dollars. It felt very Eloise at the plaza. And I thought yeah. it was actually really sweet. I think one thing that I enjoy being reminded of, no matter how sometimes absurd or unbelievable it is in a movie, is the kindness of strangers. So many yeah. people were like, like we saw the nurses give her clothes, we saw people give her money, we that saw people give sweet. her supplies. It was just really nice. Like you it's nice to have reinforced that 
in the world, if something were to happen, there are good people out there. There are the helpers, as Mr. Rogers would say. Yeah, that was very sweet. I really appreciated that too. And uh, that, uh, that she was, uh, taken care of by the town. And and so I guess that would probably, they probably wouldn't charge her thousands of dollars, but, uh, but (laughs) I'm thinking like this can be a very expensive bill. Um, but I don't drink, do you drink coffee? I don't drink coffee myself, but I feel like the combination of cherry pie and coffee doesn't sound good to me. So I am not a coffee drinker, but I used to work at a diner and I can tell you with full confidence that people absolutely love the combination of pie and coffee. Interesting. Like I could picture of like any variety pie or coconut or like, I mean, I, I don't drink coffee, so what do I know? But I don't know. That's just kind of funny. That was her big thing with sugar. Yeah. The I, sugar. I'm not a, a big coffee drinker myself. Um, I, I, yeah, I enjoy yeah. a cup of coffee from here, here or there, but not really. Um, but yeah, when I worked at a diner, when I was younger, when I was in college, um, people went off for that combination. They loved it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's good. That's good to know. Um, then we, we, and he also, Dr. Paul, he also decorated her hospital room with a, that was very sweet. That was tree. really cute. That yeah. Was very sweet. Very sweet. And then they go on the road trip. They start the road trip and, uh, they stay at the Airbnb the first night. And, mm-hmm. uh, this is the, the, um, what do you call it? Not the, um, patron, the, um, what do you call it? The head of the inn. I can't think of the name, the ink, yes. I guess, innkeeper. <laughs> I don't know. Or- <laughs> <laughs> He's caring for the B and B, uh, the, that she was played by Camille Mitchell, who I had the chance to interview. And I, I loved that interview. She was so fun. Like we just drama geeked for like uh-huh. 30 minutes. <laughs> Our favorite shows. It was great. And she was very fun. I really, really enjoyed her. And so then in this, she, she basically, she plays this, this Airbnb owner that, uh, uh, that her husband has passed away and her husband would make these ornaments and, uh, out of wood and she would always, they'd always put them on together, but she, uh, she doesn't want to put them on because he's gone. He's passed away. And I thought that was a, a sweet little moment in the, in the film. I agree. I love when they have those mini stories that themselves feel like complete movies or complete love stories incorporated into these films, it just piles on the joy. It piles on the things that um, your friend was speaking to, 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 to make, to widen the smile as you watch. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that is one nice thing about these time for me movies is the time for come home for Christmas movies is that like I'll, most of the time in these movies, I've enjoyed sort of the stops along the way more than the actual relationship mm. that's at play. And so that would probably be the case with this as well. <laughs> How did then, you feel about their chemistry? I thought it was pretty good. Like I said, I'm normally not a big Brendan Penny fan. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so the fact that I like enjoyed it as much as I did is kind of says something nice. What did you think? I liked it. I thought that they were lovely together. And I think that they had sort of a 
an awkward chemistry to navigate because Mm -hmm. she didn't know if she was married with a child. And so I think that was played really well. Mm -hmm. And he also was falling for someone he didn't know. She was Jane Doe for quite a bit of the movie, which I guess is funny because she was in the Jane Doe mysteries too. Yeah, good point. No, that is that's that's a deep cut right there. That's going back. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but the innkeeper she gives uh she gives her a journal that she starts writing in and says, God gives the strongest soldiers the toughest battles. That was very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. And in what you want from this kind of from Hallmark movies and mysteries, uh, miracles of Christmas story, you want that emotion, you want that uh those themes to be explored and she does have her first kind of like flashback when she put it on the earrings mm-hmm. uh, and uh and i mean and they went all out and they didn't just give her like you know some jeans and i mean they, they gave her accessories <laughs> that was... <laughs> that's true they made yeah. sure they were like this lady does not know who she is so let's start with style <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> let her get to know that first <laughs> and uh, so then they go and they're at his sister's house or brother. I can't remember. Sister, right? Sister. Sister, I yeah. Believe. His sister's house. And mm-hmm. and the, uh, they, they have dinner there. And what do you think of that? Uh, I'm going to have scalloped potatoes first. <laughs> <laughs> first thing, I actually initially did not see the meat. So I thought they were going to eat scallop potatoes and what I thought was just a bowl of lettuce. I was like, I don't know what kind of health diet this is. I know we're supposed to believe him as a medical professional. So I thought that was actually part of the joke because I didn't see the big, I don't know if it was a turkey or ham or something. Yeah. Um, and I loved the mini storyline of him, um, wanting forgiveness for not being as close to his brother that really pulled at the heartstrings that scene with his um, sister-in-law or I guess his brother's widow was really, really beautiful. Um, And, and I thought that that could have been explored even more in the movie. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was a really uh, good part of the movie, you know, that he feels all this guilt because he wasn't there for his family when his brother, uh, uh, when his brother passed away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I, I think that was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, just that you've got the like gratuitous Campbell soup, uh, product placement, you know, they're oh, right yeah. on the counter and, and, uh, and then pulling out the scalp potatoes. We already had the green bean casserole already once the season. So I think maybe that's why they felt like they couldn't do that again. <laughs> and what will they do next? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that obviously they must be effective because they keep doing them and, um, and people in companies keep paying to have it. So they must see some kind of return on their investment. But I I've always thought it was just so weird because I just can't imagine anyone being like, Ooh, I better go get me some Campbell's soup because they're eating it on this homework. <laughs> but I guess it's just like the subliminal, you see it and, uh, it's, it, I don't know that whole product placement thing always kind of weirds me out. That's true. I, I definitely have found myself watching something and I don't know that I have gone for a specific product. Maybe I have, who knows how well I've been um, plugged into the matrix, but sometimes you'll see someone in a movie or show just enjoying like a great plate of tacos. And you're like, Oh, that's exactly what I'm going to do for dinner. They've done even studies where they have like a very 
faint like fizzy sound playing mm. in in the background of a like a movie or whatever and so it's not even like a prominent product placement like they do so clunkily here um and uh and they and then they they've studied that just hearing that subliminal little you know pop sizzle that of a um of a can of cola that people order more soda after watching oh, something wow. like that yeah mm-hmm. i remember typically- when we took my marketing for my MBA. My marketing I was going to say, is this, is this the MBA coming out, Rachel? <laughs> Are you taking us to class? Also, there's lots of weird things like that. The fact that, uh, almost every single, uh, food sign is in red and yellow. Mm. Cause that is the most like makes you think of food. And it's most like appealing eye-catching combination. If you think almost every single food chain is oh, red and yellow. Wow. It's it's almost because it's like a little bit I'm going to use gentle language here, almost like garish, like mm-hmm. it's it's almost it's ugly enough to stick out and then it comes all the way back around to to attract you. Yeah. Because like McDonald's, Wendy's, yeah. they're all red and yellow. And like food brands too. Mm-hmm. I mean that Campbell's can yeah. had a red thing on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad my my hard work and degrees come help me out every now and then. <laughs> that is very cool. Well, I this weekend we'll make a scalloped potato in your honor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, they also they end up at the um, diner where they have the big debate about what's what is better, eggnog or hot cocoa, and where do you stand? Okay. <laughs> hot cocoa I can have at any point. Um, I could have a mug of hot cocoa right now. If my boyfriend can hear me in the other room and maybe <laughs> one will appear. Get the pot on now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, that eggnog just feels more special for this time of year. Um, because it is for me, I don't like when things are too sweet, which is like what they call it millennial proverb, right? Like it's not too uh-huh. sweet. Right. Um, but this time of year, bring on the eggnog. So perhaps that wins because hot chocolate, I can have any time and, and enjoy it. I can have it in March, in July and this month, but eggnog, I would only enjoy probably between like Thanksgiving and new year's. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I actually like the, um, like the lactate, like the lactose, uh, free, uh, eggnog better than the regular eggnog because it's Ooh. like a little it's like less thick like I like it a little more drinkable <laughs> that's that true sense. the texture is off too I yeah. often have to put it in okay I'm this is an aside <laughs> that you can edit out later but I'm actually going to type that to add to my grocery list I didn't know lactate did that yeah they do you want to get the also just so creamy and like too creamy sometimes mm-hmm yeah. And so I like to either, if, if I have regular eggnog, I like to dilute it a little bit with just like a little regular milk, just, it's not so strong, um, okay. but I'm with you. And then a little bit of nutmeg on top, mm. yes. but I love hot cocoa as well, especially if it's milk, like real hot cocoa, that is delicious. I agree. A real <laughs> hot cocoa. And then there's such a variety you can do with it. Yeah. Um, if, if any hot cocoa makers want to sponsor the podcast, we're ready to go or eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Campbell's soup. Call us. We yeah. will scallop potatoes yeah, while we sip our drinks. Don't worry about it. 
I mean, I can't eat stuff like casseroles very much anymore because they're too salty. I have to be careful about my salt, mm, mm-hmm. but, um, but like, I like a good casserole. It's, yeah. That's comforting. But anyway, and uh, so as you said, they find, uh, his, uh, they find her luggage and she, and there's some children's clothing. And so, uh, she thinks, oh my gosh, I can have a daughter. What's going on? And, uh, and so that would be pretty wild, pretty crazy to not know, you know, if you had children or, you know, that would be crazy. Um, but we also, she, uh, they run it, they go into this church and they hear, uh, uh, old holy night, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was beautiful. Very nice. I thought. I thought that was a beautiful rendition of that song. I think my favorite is Mariah Carey's, but that yeah. one was really, really beautiful. Not, yeah. not everyone has to compare it to the Christmas queen herself. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of, usually when, when people start to sing a holy night mm-hmm. on the, in these movies, I cringe because it's such a hard song to sing and True. usually they can't sing it because it, it goes a whole octave. It's like the, the, um, the national anthem, very difficult. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, but in this case, cause it was the choir, it was beautiful. It was very good. I like the song. It's just, I, I prefer it what sung well. And they did here. And then there's the dog and that's when they meet, uh, Allison Sweeney. So she's there and that was fun. I thought there, the, I thought the reveal with the dog was going to be that she would follow it and it turns out to be her dog and then it would lead her home. But I loved seeing surprise Allison Sweeney instead. (laughs) I was like, this is great too. A little Chronicle Mysteries in the middle of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So then they finally uh, make it back to the Christmas tree lighting after he's talked to uh, his sister-in-law and she remembers her name is Rebecca. And uh, so that, uh, that was pretty exciting. But then she also remembers uh, this guy, Mark, which we, we, we didn't really say that it's on the, um, it's on the newspaper clipping that she had with her and says, please come Mark about the reason why they're going to the Christmas tree lighting, which yes. again, there's no way that this would be on Christmas Eve, but <laughs> I mean, then they don't even get to enjoy it at all. You'd want to have it like on Thanksgiving Eve, I think. Uh, but anyway, um, and so she's like looking all around, looking all around. And then she sees Mark, who is Brendan Zub, who I love. He is a really fun actor. And, uh, and yeah, they, they give a big hug and she finds out that it's her brother-in-law. And then her sister, like we said, comes up and, and uh, it's Lisa Drew, who I love. Um, mm-hmm. But she comes up and she was just like, I, of course you would come come here and I was like <laughs> I was really surprised I, don't I definitely feel like sat that forward was... in my seat during that scene <laughs> I was like okay where is Hallmark taking this one yeah I mean <laughs> I, I was just that was just not a response that you would give to your sister who just decided to freelance for a career <laughs> blogging uh, we're yeah. done 
And so then we have, uh, so this is when we have the moment between the sister-in-law and Ben and he apologizes and uh, how proud uh, Ben was of Paul becoming a nurse and, and uh, the message of forgiveness. And, and then we all, we get uh, Rebecca, I guess, making up with her sister um, and she decides to stay. But Paul is gone because he had seen her hugging Mark. And uh, so then uh, he had said earlier what hotel he was going to be staying at. And so uh, she goes and finds him. And uh, then they're going to be together. It's going to be great. (laughs) So it was lovely to see her make up with her sister. Despite not understanding the conflict, I always enjoy when they have relationships like that, friendships, sibling relationships, because sharing that love over the holidays, not to make this a PSA is, is just as important as sharing romantic love. Not everyone has romantic love, but people have people that they love in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I love when those relationships are valued. BJ is not my romantic partner, but he is one of my highest priority relationships. So I love seeing friendships, you know, sibling relationships, things like that. So that was nice. I agree. And I do think this is one, we have a series called on friendship every month that we do with my friend, Elisa Lucas, who is actually Mm -hmm. a, she's a communications PhD who particularly focuses on friendship. So literally like studying friendship is her job, (laughs) which is awesome. And, uh, and this would be the kind of, uh, movie that I think we could have really good conversation about, about all these different relationships, sibling relationships, uh, on both sides of the couple, uh, you've got the friendship relationships, you got the people they meet along the way, uh, kind of a thing going on. So yeah, I, I overall enjoyed it. Like I said, I went into it kind of not expecting much and it gave me more than that. So that's good. And, uh, so I, I think I would give this one 3.5 out of five crowns. What would you give it? I agree. I'm right there with you at 3.5. I really enjoyed this one. Um, and one day I will understand the country music references within it. Yes. So yeah, if you were listening and you got all those references, cause yeah, they definitely were, <laughs> there was that band there that I think we were supposed to recognize, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right, well, let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, Christmas at Castle Heart. So this stars uh, Lacey Chabert and Stuart Townsend. And the synopsis is Brooke Bennett goes to Ireland for Christmas to search for her Irish roots. While there, she meets charming Aiden Hart, Earl of Glasgow, Glaslow, 
Mistaken for an elite event planner, she's hired to host his castle's epic Christmas party. So what was your overall overall thoughts about this one? I loved this one because it, it made me laugh so much and it made me so stressed, which means I was into the story. Uh-huh. This con that Brooke and Margot were running, every single lie as they piled up just made me more and more on edge. And that just made me love the story even more. The whole relationship is based on a lie. Brooke shows up. Margot does the initial lie, but Brooke at no point stutters. She's like, all right, let's do it. Let's be liars. Yeah. And so it was fun to see them con. I love those scenes where there is something duplicitous happening in a Hallmark movie. So you have someone stalling someone else or trying to hide something from someone who may know more like the journalist who knew the real designer. And right, so it does kind of snowball. It the, snowballs the quickly. And, and that chaos is, is very, very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, the thing about it, I did the lying, I think did have some fun moments, but all the party planning I thought was pretty boring. If I'm honest, I, was just like, couldn't they have given them something else to do? I really do not care about like what they have for the food, for instance, at the party or the, I mean, it was just, I was just getting really bored and I didn't think that they had very good chemistry mm. between Stuart Townsend and Lacey. I mean, I love Lacey. I love her. It was my, she had my favorite movie last year on Hallmark channel uh, with the Christmas waltz. I loved that movie. And, mm, you know, I love yeah. winter and veil. Vale. I've loved lots of her movies, uh, but I just, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so bored. Just them talking about planning this party and, Oh, are we going, where are we going to have the party and what do we want in the party? And, and I just wish that they had focused the movie on her finding her relatives. I thought that whole plot line was way more interesting than all the like machinations about the party. And, and yeah, I, I think that there were some moments there, you know, between with the lying and everything that kind of was starting to get some tension, but I don't know. This one was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just found the lying to be so funny that I don't Mm -hmm. think I minded the rest of it, but I do agree in specifically talking about the party planning. If they're positioning Brooke's character as this person who is this party planning expert, then I think they should have, um, done more to make it seem more interesting. Everything appeared like something that you or I could have put together, especially you with your MBA, um, (laughs) you or I could have thrown together. It didn't feel like this it didn't feel like a Wade's light design where we're like, okay, an expert is at work here and they're about to show out. It just felt like a woman who landed in this castle somehow conned her way there. And now she's just calling, yeah, calling local people, putting up some streamers, (laughs) wrapping some lights around some bushels and making that work. Um, I agree that I felt like the finding out about their father, that storyline to me felt forgotten. And those occasional moments where you'd have the Duchess or you'd have um, the local um, pub owner who ends up catering the event, like when they bring those things back up, then 
that's when I would remember. I wouldn't like always have in my mind as I was watching the fact that she was initially there to learn about her identity. And it was nice every time that she talked about her dad in the the few times that she did. So it would have been cute to see like, you know, flashbacks or um, seeing them try the odd foods that he may like, or just getting to know the culture a bit or or even meeting a few O'Reilly's. I thought that was funny at the beginning where they go to the pub and, and, and the pub owner's like, O'Reilly and everyone raises yeah, their hand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, it'd be fun if there's a scene where they're like talking to a bunch of dudes who could have been her father's age uh, that share that last name. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And there's, there's it, a lot of people who know the name Monahan too, which mm-hmm. is, was funny. And uh, yeah, evidently like her boss is so famous that all the way from yeah. <laughs> New York to, to, to Ireland, people know, and they're willing to give up this gig of, because they don't want to be associated with the charade. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, <laughs> that is a lot. And, uh, and that was, uh, that the, you know, the, the, the caterer were, was going to quit or quit because of this. And, and then you have kind of Brooke get mad, getting mad at Margo at that point. I did in general, like Margo, she was, I mean, she was kind of, I would be frustrating if she, if I actually had to deal with her, I would be a little bit <laughs> frustrated by her, but yeah. like as a character in the movie, I kind of liked her performance and I liked her. Um, she was, she was fun. I thought. Yeah. I thought she was really good comedic relief. I loved that scene between her and Brooke where Brooke comes back from her first date with Stuart and, or with Aiden and Margot is on the couch eating the chocolate covered almonds in a fancy robe reclined, like not even fully sitting up and complaining about her day. And I loved um, the way that she played that. It made me laugh, like sitting in this actual lap of luxury enjoying these luxurious items and complaining. <laughs> it was a good, funny beat. Yeah, that was good. And, and they, and they had pretty good chemistry. The two sisters, I bought them as sisters. Me too. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but what do you think about the chemistry between Aiden and Brooke? I guess. I, I also didn't think it was that strong. I, um, I believed it in the end, but, um, I, I felt, it felt like a woman conning a man that she thought was like nice or something. Maybe she feels kind of bad about the con. Um, and they were doing party planning activities together. It didn't feel like two people getting to know each other and falling for each other. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It just felt more like almost a brother sister dynamic than a um, romantic dynamic or just like a friend, I guess a friend dynamic. Mm. Uh, it, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the spark. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but they do a lot of fun stuff. They go, they go dance that uh, Irish dancing. They go get a Christmas tree and uh, they, they uh, are baking and uh, he, and then he um, gives her a, some, fancy dresses yes 
<laughs> she looked fantastic. At yeah, the end. she did. I loved that red dress. It was really good. I was glad that she had that one and not the blue dress. I thought, Same. oh, is she going to wear the blue dress? Oh, I don't like that. Like, yeah, it's not I as bad. I always, that. I always complain on this podcast about our heroines wearing black dresses at Christmas. I don't like that at all, but <laughs> blue is better, but less preferred. I was glad that she went with the red. <laughs> yes. I like my holiday dresses. Like I like my food brand logos. They need to be red, <laughs> red or green. If, <laughs> if, if, if pushed metallics will do, but I still, I always prefer red or green, <laughs> not black. That's the only, that's the, the big no, unless it's a new year's party. That's the only time I'll allow a black dress. <laughs> oh, good. I was thinking in the back of my mind, cause I did just get uh, a, a little silky black dress for, for a new year's thing. <laughs> okay. I was thinking, oh man, I'm letting yeah. Rachel down. I don't have an MBA now, <laughs> but I, <laughs> now I'm I wearing do. the wrong color. No. <laughs> I do think that this movie was hurt a little bit in my eyes, at least because I watched it like literally, I think right after I watched, uh, the, um, uh, Christmas at the castle, I think it was called on Netflix, which was oh. ridiculous when I so kind of good. <laughs> It was, it was very campy and over the top and ridiculous. Yes. And I mean, you've got like Carrie Elwes in the tub, like pining, you know, about all stuff. <laughs> and, like, and, uh, and I don't know, that movie was ridiculous, but I enjoyed it. And it was just so much more fun than this was just boring to me. And, uh, so I think it hurt. It was the castle movie that fell short. Got it for, you know, what context really does matter. This one I watched by itself, maybe <laughs> two hours before you and I hopped on the mic. So maybe because I watched it by itself as the third of the yeah. series, the other two I stacked and watched yesterday. Maybe that's why my opinion is a little higher than yours. Yeah. So then Paige shows up the person she's in, uh, been, uh, impersonating, impersonating. Mm-hmm. and so she's outraged. And, uh, then the, uh, the, uh, they, everything blows up in their face and she's of course, just about to tell him, she tries to tell him like three or four times and he is just not allowing it. Um, but then Paige blows the cover and Aiden is upset. How could you lie to me? Which is one of my <laughs> least favorite tropes in these movies is when, uh, cause when you do the fake fiance, fake relationship thing, it's hilarious. Uh, we love it, but yes. it's only fun or the lying in general lying is fun in these movies, but it's only fun if it's not taken that seriously when people like what you want a response, obviously, cause that, because you need it, but it needs to be quick and, and done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Otherwise it just kind of spoils the fun of it all. And, uh, you, you just, You'd be like, oh, this is going to be a funny story. We're telling our kids. That's that's the proper response to these movies when they're all like, how did you lie to me? Oh. Then I'm like, oh, you ruined it. You ruined the fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they find out they're not a professional event planners, and you know uh, the the lies just keep coming. And uh, but then the um the I guess Duchess. Uh, comes. I don't care that you're not official event planners. I don't care that you're not Paige, that you've been lying to us. I, you're, you're good. You did this great job of this event. Uh, and, uh, so there we go. And, uh, and then Brooke then apologizes to Aiden 
and we get our kiss and he says he tells that he's waited his whole life to meet someone like her <laughs> liar <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he got the final con of them all <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, and so then the last scene is the duchess taking them to their uncle's home and it was mm-hmm. very sweet and I, I just, like I said, I wish that the whole movie had been about that. I think it, it would have been a lot better uh, than all the um, party planning uh, that was not interesting to me. But uh, but there we go. That is uh, Lacey's movie for this season. Uh, I always look yeah. forward to seeing what she's got to, to offer us. I think sometimes with these movies in locations, they get kind of so excited about the locations and they think the location is going to do all the heavy lifting that Mm -hmm. sometimes the stories feel a little lacking in some of these location movies. And I feel like uh, you need to, you need to look at the Christmas castle Netflix and (laughs) follow that lead Uh, because, uh, because that just like embraced the, the Scottish setting and just had fun with it so very true and my I wanted more moments with like friends of her father's or siblings or things like find some old Irish men and ask them about your dad I thought that that could be so cute like that moment at the end where the Duchess brought them to that family home I was like oh man this could have been much more of this movie yeah there was a movie this last summer that kind of made me think of uh that basically had kind of that post called finding you Mm. and uh it's about this uh girl who goes over to ireland and uh she she's studying uh over there and uh she starts to uh look into kind of her family and her family roots and uh and it it was it was cute it was kind of it was one that nobody saw but i i enjoyed it and I think that that kind of plays this sort of story there there's a romantic element to the story where she's like falling in love with this kind of game of thrones ish actor. That's not as good, but yeah. the, <laughs> it, it has Vanessa Redgrave is in it uh, as her, Ooh, like, I think her grandma. Okay. It was, it was pretty, it was a good movie. I liked it. So uh, that's something if you're into the, that kind of story that I, I would recommend. So I will check it out. Thank yeah. you for that. So what would you give, uh, this, uh, Christmas at Castle Heart out of five? Hmm. I would give it a solid 2.5. Ooh, lower than I thought you were going to be coming in. I will initially I was thinking three, but then yeah. I realized I gave a 3.5 like around a 3.5 to the other two movies. And those were so delightful. I love lying. I love conning in my Christmas movies. Um, but I agree that the, when you say it, it really does make me think like I zoned a lot when they were talking yeah. about the canapes that they wanted to pass at the party. Oh. So that's what give, makes it like a 2.5. Maybe I'll bump it up to a 2.75 or something because I, I surprised <laughs> you and I don't <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble because well, I was going to give it a 2.5 because it, it does look nice. Okay. It has some nice moments. I just overall was kind of boring to me. Uh, so yeah, I'd give it 2.5. I think 2.75. That's a good spot for, for you. <laughs> I think <laughs> very <laughs> good. good. 
All right, we did it. Well, let us know what you think of these three movies. Did you enjoy them? Let us know in the comments section and, uh, or maybe you didn't let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts or on Twitter. And uh, so me too. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Really appreciate it. And why don't you tell people how they can follow your podcast and uh, you on social media and all that fun stuff. Thank you again for having me. I always enjoy um, connecting with you and chatting about these movies that I love that BJ won't watch. So this is my outlet for that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can find episodes uh, of the pilot podcast co-hosted by BJ and me at the pilot pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then you can also find episodes on our website at um, thepilotpodcast.com. And then we're on all of the streaming platforms. And so um, you can find us on Apple and Spotify and all those too. Yeah, y'all really should check it out. It's it's really good. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Please take a look at that. I also at posting on my channel, I have my recap where I recapped 22 Christmas movies that aired over Thanksgiving weekend. So please take a look at that. I would really appreciate it. Uh, but then also make sure you're following the podcast at Home Rookies Pod and Home Rookies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your five-star reviews for us. We appreciate that so much. And it only takes a second of your time and it means a lot to us. And uh, if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is really fun. And, uh, and we have our merch store, which has tons of festive designs and everything that you want for the hearty hallmarky and, uh, and postable in your life. So check that out. And thanks again, me too. I really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Merry Christmas. Bye.